You are listening to the Fantasy Nightcap, a fantasy collective production with your host, Shane. Grab a drink, kick back, and enjoy the show. Welcome into the Fantasy Nightcap. Grab a drink, kick back, and relax. I am your host and bartender for the night, Shane. You can find me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And joining me tonight is the rotating tap, better known as Nate Polvote, who you can find on Twitter at JanateJackFF. Nate, how you doing tonight, buddy? Oh, I'm lovely, as always. Get to sit down and talk to you, man. What's better than that? Oh, thank you. Yeah, got some football <laughs> on in the background. Had a great Monday, except for the fact it was cold. But nice. It, it's been cold here too, but to, it's supposed to warm back up a little bit this week. So I am uh, I'm looking forward to that a little bit. I, I like the cold, but it got too cold too quick. Yeah. Oh, I hate I hate the cold. It was almost eighty here yesterday. Then we had oh, a high man. of like forty seven today. So oh yeah, that was us last week. Um, our highs were, were like mid fifties a couple days. I think it was in the forties and it was just like, no, thank you. Yeah, no, no, so. thanks. All right. Well, what are you drinking tonight, sir? Um, whatever I want because I'm a damn adult, but also I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada, big little thing, Imperial IPA and some four roses whiskey. Very so. nice. I have not had the big little thing, <clears throat> but they're hazy little thing is delicious i love that this is uh one of those multi-packs from costco so it's got a six pack of those we've got the torpedoes from sierra nevada another imperial all for under thirty dollars four four six packs very nice yeah i can't complain about that yeah so i am drinking uh heller high mango and i am like pumped because I found this at a tap room here called Hoppin and I loved it. Like I was out with my friend Andrew and he and I, I, I can't tell you how many we drank that night um, because it was that good, but I couldn't find it anywhere in Greenville. So I actually had Fox ship me a six pack um, a couple months ago. And then I was in Publix for the past two weeks and I was like, oh my God, they have Hell or High Mango now. Let's go. That's so awesome. I uh, I had to wait till payday though to actually get a six pack, but I love it. It's uh, it's only four point nine percent alcohol by volume, but it's really good, especially if you like a good fruit, uh, wheat ale. So it's one That's, of my favorites, honestly. I might have to look for that. What's the brewing company again? It's Twenty uh, First Amendment Brewery. Twenty First. We ha- we're lucky here. We have some of these like massive liquor stores. Yeah. That have all of the beer you could think of. Any spirit you almost almost any spirit you can think of. Um, so it's, I can generally find beers here. Nice. From- yeah. And their uh, 21st amendment is out of California. So that, oh, that's, close, that's closer here. to you. Yeah. You, it is you considerably closer. Yeah. So, all right. You ready to get started? Let's do it. And now it is time for our top shelf and flat performances of the week. And as per usual, we start with our top shelf quarterbacks, Nate, 
I'm going to let you start with yours and uh, fanboy a little bit. So hit me with your top shelf performance this week for the quarterback position. Oh, Teddy. Teddy. Teddy V. Sweet Teddy Bridgewater. How I love you so for smashing the Cowboys on Sunday and looking so good doing it. I'm sorry, Shane. I know you're a Cowboys fan, which is it's amazing we're friends. But um dude, what a week he had. And it was like yeah. it wasn't insanely flashy, but it was so efficient and you got 21 points out of him when you were expecting like 5. At 14. the most. He was projected for 14 and I would have been happy with that. I would have been ecstatic with 14. But no, he went out and dismantled the Dallas Cowboys defense. So I think what I love most about this performance is he only had nine incompletions all day. He didn't throw an interception. That's huge. He was he was quick to get the ball out. And Denver's a team that's going to lean on the run game because that's what you do when you have Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. I mean, is it fair to say they, they're probably the best running back duo in the NFL? No, absolutely who's, not. Who's better? Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I know Kareem Hunt's hurt, but Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Let's talk about ones um, that can stay healthy and on the field together. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. No, absolutely not. Oh, yeah. No way. A.J. Dillon is nowhere near Javante Williams. Not even. Well, I was that. actually saying I was thinking that Jones was better than Javante and Dillon was better than Gordon. <laughs> I don't think Dillon's better than either one of those guys. Anyway. It's it's at least you can at least say that oh, they're one of the top. Dallas, three. duh, Zeke and uh, Pollard. Tony Pollard's five points a week since week two. <laughs> Don't tell Bo that. <laughs> and I, dude, Pollard's gonna be a thing someday, just not today. Yeah, they need to get him more involved. If they had Pollard more involved on Sunday, they might have had a better shot at beating the Broncos, but they didn't, and I don't know why. Oh, I, yes, I do. Because Mike McCarthy's your head coach. That's right. Um, so I'm sorry, Shane. I love you. Buddy. It's okay. Mike McCarthy's an idiot. He is an idiot. Um, yeah, like Teddy Bridgewater, baby. I loved it. I loved it. He looked like the Teddy Bridgewater. Nobody was expecting him to come in here and put up 400 yards, five touchdowns. Like nobody was expecting that. Yeah. This is what we expected out of Teddy Bridgewater. We're getting it. I love it. If they can do this consistently, they're a good team in a mediocre division. Which, who would have thought we'd be saying that the AFC West was mediocre? I. That's just weird. It's weird. But Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. I love it. And I think that we, as long as they lean on the run, Teddy Bridgewater is a guy that might be reliable the rest of the season as a super flex in two QB leagues. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So mine is actually also another AFC West quarterback, and it is Justin Herbie, fully loaded Herbert, 356 yards, two touchdowns in the air, no interceptions, and I believe he had five carries for 14 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, I love Justin Herbert so freaking much. Like this kid is just freaking fantastic. Um, and absolutely lit the world on fire and yeah, there's not really much to add other than Justin Herbert's a baller. 
Justin Herbert is absolutely a baller. Uh, what a performance. And like when they really, he really had to carry that team yeah. on Sunday. And it showed because they almost lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. But that's mostly on their, that's on their run defense too. That's on their defense. Um, yeah. Justin Herbert did everything he could. And he had a great game. And what, he had six incompletions? I cannot confirm nor deny that, but sure. We'll I can. He had six and he was 32 for 38. <laughs> and the five for 14 in a touchdown is also correct. So, dude, that's a I crazy stat. That. That's yeah. a crazy. That's a crazy stat line. Yeah. Yeah. I've got him in my uh, home home league for my Birmingham home league. And it's one QB, but I and I got him for really cheap, honestly, when he was a rookie. Um, and he scored 39 points, almost 40. I love it. That tracks. (laughs) Dude, I got him for like nothing last year. Like nothing. So I don't, I can't recall if you're in this league or not, but, uh, we're in a, a league with upside and it's me, Jay, Dan, Cooter. Uh, I think Troy's in there. And uh, I, I was not invited. Uh, it was Jay's league. Don't blame me. Um, oh, I'm going to talk to Jay. I'm going to text him after this show. I'm going to tell him. What but I uh, we were uh, Jay and I were texting when the draft had started. And uh, I was like, hey, you want to see something crazy? And he was like, sure. I took Justin Herbert at the 106. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> The team is zero and eight, um, but that's Ouch. really it, it's we it so it's zero and eight, but it's because I've had some really crummy injuries. Like I've had Josh Jacobs out for different periods of time. Um, I think I had Claypool out for a little while. Like it had a lot of promise, and I'm really young, which is which is nice, but it's just been it's been rough. Um, but my two quarterbacks are Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, and I'm freaking ecstatic. Because I also texted Jay in that draft, and I was like, hey, watch this. And literally like two picks before me, freaking Jeff Lambert with his ageist, old bastard self took Trevor <laughs> Lawrence in front of me. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So I ended up trading for him. But yeah. Dude, love Justin Herbert. Gotta love Justin Herbert. So, uh, I'm gonna go quickly with my flat QB. It's Sam Darnold. Uh, maybe the Adam Gase effect wasn't the problem with Sam Darnold. 172 Dude, yards, not. three interceptions. He was seeing ghosts again. That offensive line is really bad. Like, really, they're not that. Well, look, I hear you, but I, let me say this. Okay. Before we bury Sam Darnold. They're 31st. And uh, I saw the stat today, actually. They are 31st in most QB pressures given up, I believe. The Dolphins yes. are 32nd. And there's yes. like a hundred, like hundred pressure difference, but they're still 31st. So right. yeah, they're bad. They're bad. And who does he have to throw the ball to? I mean, DJ, DJ Moore, Moore, Robbie Anderson. He's, 
No, like I said, who does he have? He's got DJ Moore and Christian, Christian McCaffrey when he's back. healthy. Dude. When he's healthy is the key. Christian McCaffrey had no business playing on Sunday. It was reckless of the organization and Matt Rule to roll him out. There was no reason to put him on that field. He wasn't healthy. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. When a guy like that is a game-time decision who has played six games in the last two seasons, that means that it should be a no-go. There should be no game-time decision in a situation like Christian McCaffrey. You could tell he wasn't 100%. I kept waiting for him to re-injure his hamstring. I'm glad he didn't. I am too. I'm not wishing ill on McCaffrey, but this organization has run, they have run him into the ground. Yeah, totally. They have run him into the ground. He's, he's not a large guy. No, he doesn't have a big body profile. Five, he's one eighty, maybe 200. Yeah. He's like, he's basically my size, but with less fat and a lot more muscle. No offense to you. No, yeah, I guaranteed a lot more. It's muscle. just because he's jacked. <laughs> like, I haven't well, he is out small. Like four months, so, but he's, he's yeah, jacked. he's jacked. But like, a body can only take so much, and with how much he was used in that offense, like the volume between rushing and passing, and his snap shares, those three seasons were insanely high. Dude, I don't know that we're ever going to see peak McCaffrey again. I think we may have seen the end of Christian McCaffrey. I know, dude, it sucks. But this is what happens when you – it's like Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell was great for three seasons, and then he started getting the injuries because his body was breaking down. And I think that's what we're seeing with McCaffrey. His well, and then he held down. out like a moron. Well, I mean, yeah, I get why he held out. Like, it made sense. Me too. But at the same time, like – he ended up having to settle for less money. If I, I remember correctly. He got a decent contract from the Jets. Yeah. I think he he still got more than Pittsburgh was offering him. I, I get it. If I remember correctly, I don't think he did. I mean, he, maybe he didn't. But, like, honestly, what have we seen from Le'Veon Bell? He has bursts where he looks explosive, and we've seen that in Baltimore. But he's not the same back. And yeah, I think that that's not. where I think that's where we're at with Christian McCaffrey is he know, might come man. back and be somewhat explosive this season, but I don't know that he will because I don't think that hamstring's going to heal and he's got a bad ankle. Like these are all issues that because they're not giving him long enough to come to heal, he's just going to re-injure it. And this is yeah. what they've been doing to him. They're they're abusing him at this point. Yeah, I mean but he got his money and yeah. it's a it's a shame because we're never going to get to see what Sam Darnold could have been with Christian McCaffrey for an entire season. Yeah. Because he's a Well, key- no, and I I think the big like for me with CMC like his talent level is clearly still there. Like mm-hmm. he is still the best running back in the NFL. But he cannot handle the volume that he's nope. gotten in the past. So he is net like, like you're saying, he's never going to produce like we're used to. The talent is still there. No question. But if he gets used, like he's been used before, he will be out of the league in two years. Yep. 
which is a shame and a shame on the Panthers organization yeah. for just beating him into the ground on a rookie contract. Yeah. But what can you do? Um, I'll do mine real quick. I'll keep it yeah. quick. Hit me for reals. Matthew Stafford. What a dud of a game that was, man. There was a point where I had, there's one league where we have some pretty crazy scoring, but I had negative 10 points out of him. I saw you a certain point. That. <laughs> I mean, 3.78 points in fantasy, 33, he threw the ball 33 times, completed 16 of his passes. So instantly there, we're below 50% completion percentage, yep. 172 yards, three interceptions. So the same stat line as, as Darnold. Oh, geez. I just read Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> I just popped in to start reading stats and I just started reading Darnold's stats. Oh, that's okay. Dang it. I thank God this you. isn't, thank God it's not live. I'm not. Okay. That out. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So Matthew, <laughs> St- Matthew Stafford wasn't considerably, I mean, he was considerably better, but I mean, by Matthew Stafford standards, 20, uh, he was projected 22.49 points. He walked with 15.06. 31 of 48, 293 yards. He did get a touchdown, but he threw two picks, which is very uncharacteristic of Matthew Stafford. And one was a pick six. Yeah, and one, one was a pick six. It was just ugly. That game was ugly. I couldn't watch the fourth quarter. And then the other one was Jameis Winston-esque, like pre-New Orleans Saints Jameis Winston-esque. Yeah. It was just bad. Tennessee got at him. Tennessee got at him good. Um, yeah, the Rams' of- offensive line was hot garbage. Like I watched most of that game. Their oh yeah, it was bad. Was hot garbage in the second half, though. I do give McVeigh credit. Like if and and that's one thing. Like I, I actually wanted to talk about this, so I'm glad you had Stafford on there. McVeigh in the second half adjusted. He mm-hmm. had Stafford rolling out and and going the opposite direction of the O line to give the O line the ability to protect more. Um, but one thing that I've noticed in football in general this year is like when teams are getting pressure on you, run a flipping screen, whether it's a wide receiver screen, a halfback slip screen, um, like run a flipping screen because it like all that does to me is gives your offensive line the ability to go out and actually set those blocks for you. But it also set like it makes the defense think, "Oh crap, we can't just come guns blazing at this pe- this player because they're going to run a screen and go the opposite direction and get 10, 15, 20 yards because they ran a play call." The one person, the one coach who's actually really really good at this is Kevin Stefanski. He's very Stefansky, good at it. Stefanski will throw a screen at you at the absolute perfect time, and I love him for it. Well, but, that's like what Kubiak used to do in Denver with, um, why can't I, uh, Demetrius Thomas. Yeah. They'd run those little bubble screens, and Thomas had run 30 yards down the field because they were figuring out when the pressure was going to be coming. They're seeing it. They're checking out of it, and they were they were hitting Thomas. Yeah, exactly. That's the, like, and I don't like, I hate a bubble screen, but that's just, that's just 
they're effective when used in the right situation. Well, yeah, and that's PTSD to, to Gus Malzahn with Auburn. Um, he ran bubble screens when he shouldn't have way too often. But, like, throughout college football and the NFL, like, I haven't seen enough screens when your offensive line is getting beat up. Yeah, that's fair. And it, it drives me nuts. And McVay didn't necessarily run those screens, but he helped his offensive line by having Stafford run bootlegs to the opposite direction of the O line. So if you're not going to run screens, you've got to do what McVay did because the second half of that game for Stafford and the offense in general was much better in my opinion. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, it was. It just, man, the first half sucked. The fact that they lost was to Tennessee was pretty handily. was pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't know. It was a while. Dude, this week was just insane. It was weird. It's yeah, it was very weird. It, like seriously, it was just weird. Yep. All right. So speaking of Kevin Stefanski um, and the Browns, my top shelf running back is Mr. Nicholas Chubb, 137 yards, two touchdowns. One of those was a 70 yard touchdown where he was just glorious. Um, I love Nick Chubb uh, as a Browns fan. And I like, the right around when they drafted him was when I really started becoming a Browns fan. Um, and I loved this pick. Like they got him in the second round. I thought it was a steal. Um, because I saw him at Georgia. I saw how talented he was and he just, he proves it in and out weekend and week out throughout the NFL. He'll have a couple of duds like he did two weeks ago. He think he scored eight fantasy points, but that was basically like, he still had, I think, a decent amount of yardage. It was just, he didn't score a touchdown, but he's got the ability to score multiple touchdowns in a game, especially in this offense. So Nick Chubb is my top shelf running back this week. Yeah. I have a lot of exposure to Nick Chubb because I love him. I love him. He's phenomenal. Um, This is a great call. I have him all over the place, all over the place. As often as I can roster him, I have him in Scott fishbowl. Nice. So um, I had him last year, and that was why I think I did so well. I had him paired with Kamara last year, and it was freaking awesome. I had him paired with Ronald Jones. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, yeah, I'd give you big. a hug if I could. I yeah, Jen, Jen, Jen's felt pretty bad for me so far. <laughs> um, so mine is James Connor, which I think this one's fairly obvious. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's the number six running back in standard, number 12 in PPR this season. This week, he was the RB1. Leading the league on the in f- touchdowns. Yes, and he was the RB1 on the field and in our hearts. Wouldn't Your you say, heart. Shane? Not in my Oh, heart. come on. He's a great story. The guy beat cancer and is playing in the NFL. Okay. I What's love, not great about that? Love that part of his story. But he's also and- a Steeler, former Steeler. I get it. It's not it. even that. It. It's it's not that. Like I promise, it's not that. It's more so because of the cancer. I think that his body has been a little frail and he's yes. been yes, frequently yes, yes. injured. That's um, very fair. And and that's why I was like, that's why I was off of him. Is just because I didn't. I don't trust his body to hold up, unfortunately. But and that's absolutely like that's I fair. love the story of him beating cancer and like he's on a second NFL team when Lev Bell did leave. And he yep. filled in that year. He was phenomenal. Um, oh, he was phenomenal. 
and and he's been phenomenal this year. Like leading the league in touchdowns is freaking awesome. Um, so I do love that aspect of it. But outside, like I, I get just what you're saying. I I haven't trusted him for the last couple of years. I haven't either. Um, but man, dude, Chase Edmonds went out and he had to carry the load. Twenty one carries, ninety six yards, two touchdowns. He had five catches for seventy seven yards. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, (laughs) So Chase Edmonds, it sounds like um, MRI today confirmed. He has a high ankle sprain. He's going on IR. So for the next at least three three to four week opportunity for James Conner, who hasn't been used a ton this season, to actually have three or four weeks where he's the number one guy in that offense. And we can see another week like this. We could see another yeah. three weeks like this. If I am the Cardinals, though, I am still, however I can, I'm managing his touches because of what we had talked about earlier. Like, if I can get Rondell more, a handful of carries, I'm doing it. If Eno Benjamin can even come in and give get five carries five to eight carries a game while Edmonds is out just to give James Conner a little, little bit, of, bit of a breather. Yeah. I like, that is what I would do if I was Arizona. Um, but I completely agree with you that the upside for Conner these next three to four weeks is through the roof, through the roof, through the because, roof. Because like Arizona is a good football team this year. They're a very good football team. I wrote about them in my lateral column this week. It's coming yeah, out so they're, they are a very good football team this year. I think the rushing game and the kind of dynamic duo of Connor and Edmonds is actually a pretty significant part of that. So they need to figure out a way to keep that going, but they've also got to keep Connor healthy. Yeah, hopefully they can. Yep. All right, uh, flat running backs... Daryl Henderson, and I'm really just putting this on there to kind of spite my buddy Matt, who I'm playing in our home league. I don't know if I've beaten him yet, but we're I'm very close. I needed a combined 24 points from Najee and uh, Chase Claypool this evening. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet, and I'm kind of getting a little nervous, but uh, he had Daryl Henderson, and he only had 55 rush yards, three catches for three yards. So that's a yard per catch, people. Um Again, this goes to the Rams offensive line played like dog doo-doo. Uh, And there's nothing more to add there, I don't think. Nope. Uh, So mine is Aaron Jones. Because Aaron Jones had 5.3 fantasy points on Sunday. He had 12 carries, 53 yards. But here's the craziest stat from that game. Two targets, no catches. Thanks, Jordan Love. And Matt LaFleur. I blame LaFleur yeah. on that one. Yep. It's that staunch KC defense. <laughs> I, <laughs> I retweeted something, I think, and uh, somebody replied <laughs> to it with basically that exact wording. Um, and I was like, I th- I'm like 99% sure you're being sarcastic, but I'm not. Like that one percent is like making my brain go insane. <laughs> like, are you being sarcastic or are you serious right now? And then someone else chimed in, um, and uh, eventually it was discovered that he was being, in fact, sarcastic. And then, <laughs> um, 
the guy that chimed in used a Tommy Boy gif, and I was very disappointed in myself because it took me entirely too long to realize it was uh, Tommy Boy. Because <laughs> that is one of my favorite movies. I've never seen it all the way through in one sitting. So Seriously? Mm-hmm. It's one of Jen's favorite movies, though. I knew I loved Jen. She's awesome. She is. Yep. All right, curveball for you. Yep. We're going to start with flat wide receivers this time, and I'm going to let you start uh, because I know this is a division rival of yours, and I just want to hear what you have to say. Well, Tyreek Hill. I have a number of reasons I don't like them. Some are football-related. Some are not football-related. Um, that said, no bias. He just had a terrible week. Just terrible week. This can't do... I'm not going to go on a whole big spiel about it, but like I'm really concerned about Kansas City's offense right now. <clears throat> Tyreek Hill had 7.3 points. Um, he had 11 targets. 11 targets, Shane. He only had four catches in those 11 targets. What? Yeah. Like, it's bad. It's real bad. He only had 37 yards receiving. Holy mother. Yeah. No, it's not good, man. It's not good. So, I mean, that was such a weak performance in a win, no less. Yeah. So, I I think with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is pressing too much. He's, mm-hmm. he's trying way too hard to play hero ball. Part of that's because their offensive line hasn't been great, but it's a completely new offensive line. I wouldn't expect them to be elite. Um, but then they don't run the ball enough. No, they, they don't do run the ball not nearly enough. Run the ball enough, and I don't understand it. Daryl Williams it's is because they're not good. They they can't. They don't have the personnel to effectively run the ball. They don't have I, a. They don't have a. Travis Kelsey is a fine blocker, but he's not somebody you want anchoring the tight end position in your running. He's game. not George they Kittle at blocking. They don't have another tight end. Yeah, Noah Gray they use, is the other tight end. They never the use. They never use him. He's never on the field. Nope. Ceh isn't it? Daryl Williams oh, isn't it? Oh, I will it. fight you on that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But yeah, this this t- the the real problem for me is that they've got this is who they use: Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey. That's it. And that's it. And that's like that, so. The, that's my that's my point with Ceh. Ceh is a talented running back, and he fits this scheme personally, in my opinion, very well. But Andy Reid is not using him enough or correctly. Like Ceh is five eight two fifteen two twenty. I think. Don't quote me on that. I know he's five eight because I'm five eight, and you don't run a five foot eight running back up the middle on the goal line no three times in a row nope. like you but in the weird weird thing is is like they are one of the most creative like Andy Reid is an incredible head coach and play caller dude i have to tell you what just happened in this game okay i please do i have to so okay <clears throat> the bears had the ball they're forced to punt McLeod fumbles the punt. Uh-huh. The Bears pick it up, run it back uh-huh. for a touchdown. 23-20. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Big Ben 
just fucking tried to pull back on a throw and couldn't uh-huh. grip it. Oh, they didn't give it to Chicago. Oh, they ruled it a touchdown initially. Chicago would have been up 27-23 with three minutes left. Oh, my God. As it stands, it's third and eight for Pittsburgh. They're, like, right at midfield. Dude, I hate Matt Nagy so much because I love Justin Fields so purely. They're going to sack him, and they just sacked Big Ben at the 45 for, like, a nine-yard loss. Bears are going to get the ball back with 329 left. Down three? Down three. Nice. Um, Okay, sorry. No, that's okay. Sometimes we need game updates. Um, And this is being recorded in the middle of Monday Night Football. Uh, I don't recall exactly where I was, but basically my point was Andy Reid is a genius. So-called genius. Mm -hmm. When it comes to play calling, offense, he's a genius. Why the hell has he not been more creative when using CEH in the red zone? We're just using CEH in general. Like we've seen the play where Travis Kelsey takes the snap and flicks it behind his back. No look to Patrick Mahomes to throw a pass in the red zone. Like it's stupid stuff like that, that I don't understand. Like you're doing that, but you can't get CEH involved. You can't run the ball with Daryl Williams. I think Daryl Williams is as a jag, but he's, he can run the ball. Right. And you need to be running the ball to open up Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Well, and that's the thing too. Like CEH has like the games where CEH gets used, he scores fantasy points and does well. So if you do that consistently, it sets up the rest of the offense and they aren't doing that. You know who is doing that? The Denver Broncos. Yeah. Yep. Completely agree with you there. Yep. So, um, I'm going to go quickly on my flat wide receiver because I went way off on a tangent with the Chiefs <laughs> offense there. It's been it's something that's been eating at me all season. So I'm glad I finally got that out there. But Dude, Adam Thielen, me. two catches, six yards on seven targets, and the only redeeming stat that he had for this stat line was one touchdown. Um, if he does not score that touchdown, this is a really – terrible week and I can't remember who it was but somebody asked me in my DMs this week should they start Hollywood Brown or Adam Thielen I told them Hollywood Brown ka-chow mother truckers (laughs) yeah what a weird week it's just as file that in the weird week category yep absolutely okay top shelf wide receivers so we talked about these guys on the last episode um so i'm gonna go quickly on mine it's elijah moore he had seven catches 84 yards two touchdowns believe this is his second or third good game in a row with mike white um i think this will will continue to see this and i absolutely love the fact that he scored two touchdowns i think he will end up being a a decent play for you for the rest of the season. And we could see more stat lines like this. So I had to give him props as the rookie um, that he is with this stat line. Elijah Moore just, he had a great week. Um, great to see it. Glad to see him progressing. Um, mine is Donovan people's Jones for obvious reasons. I mean, he had three targets, two catches, 86 yards, that monster touchdown, he is the new deep threat in Cleveland now that they are Odell Beckham Jr. lists. So to the moon, man, but he had a great week. Love to see it. Yep. 
And I, like we talked about last episode, I think we'll continue to see this from both of them, um, honestly. So I loved your call um, and was, was kind of hoping he would make it on here. All right. So now it is time for our top shelf tight ends. Um, and, uh, and I don't know why I'm not doing flat tight ends first, but we're going top shelf. Uh, my guy, lo- glad that he's back because I've got him in a couple leagues where I need him to contend. It's George Kittle, six catches, eight targets, 101 yards, and a touchdown. I think that Shanahan um, maybe doesn't have the mojo that people thought he has. Uh, Jimmy G has been okay, as he usually is. He's just okay. Um, and Kittle should continue to be a key piece of that offense if he is healthy and he proved it with this this stat line. So love that he came back off IR and just absolutely rocked it, especially because Sleeper said he was going to be on a pitch count, and that scared the bejesus out of me, but I still started him where I had him. Shanahan against man, am I right? Yeah, it's so bad. So mine like, why, is... Like, oh. Sorry, I was going to say, why is our players that are as talented, at least that I perceive as talented, as Brandon Ayuk, who's been less in the doghouse but and trey sermon been in the doghouse so much like do you really have that big of an ego shanahan like are they like are they hitting on your wife like what is going on that these guys are in the doghouse do you remember his dad not really just because he like when I really became a football fan, it was towards the end of his career with the Broncos, and then I think he went to the Redskins, if I remember right, yep. um, when the, they were still the Redskins. And it his dad like, was the exact same way, man. Like, just kind of a self righteous prick. Yeah, I mean, to the point where he, the quarterback who won him two Super Bowls, he pissed him off so bad they didn't talk for like twenty years. So. They just started talking again, which I think is wild, but it's what the Shanahan's do, man. Like, I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, I wasn't super hot on Kyle Shanahan in the first place going to San Francisco. I've had questions about him being able to be a head coach. So I don't know, man. Um, I went with Travis Kelsey on this one because he was the lone bright spot in Kansas city. He was reliable. Eight targets, five catches, 68 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, but he did. Oh yes, he did. He had a one yes, yard touchdown. That's right. He had the only one, touchdown in the game. No, yeah. I lied. Lazard scored a touchdown too. Yep. Um, yeah, but he's. I mean, he's still the number one overall PPR and standard tight end. He's the number thirty three overall PPR player over the season. Which he had another solid. Insane. He had a solid week in a week where there yep. weren't a lot. There wasn't a lot of solid play at the tight end position. So I'll take that. Yep. Yep, and that's because TJ Hawkinson was on by, but uh, that's for another show. Um, all right, flat tight ends. Mine is just like, this guy got a lot of hype over the last couple of years, and it's not like I don't consider myself a hater. I actually like this guy. He's an athletic tight end. He just had a crappy week and hasn't produced what the hype has, I feel like, kind of warranted with him, and it's Johnny Smith. One catch, four yards, two targets. I I, there's nothing more to add. I don't think like the signing was weird with Henry going there too. Um, Especially what they paid him. 
Yeah, like I, I, I'm just chalking this up to 2021 being as weird, if not weirder, than 2020 when it comes to the NFL season. Oh, it's been weirder, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not my, the only one. <laughs> I invested heavily in Johnny, and I'm regretting it very hard right now. Um, mine's Dallas Goodert. Yep, and uh, he's the. N- Number 12 overall tight end in PPR, but this guy just like, I don't know, man. This just tells you how bad tight ends are in the NFL. Um, He had seven points this week against the yes, Chargers. Yes, Three catches, 43 yards. I mean, he hasn't had a touchdown since week four. He's only had two on the season. Just another unimpressive blob performance. Like, I feel like that's a Jalen Hurts problem and i like it is i feel like that's a a hurt slash the offense in general problem yep it is not a goddard problem no but i mean what i'm just the performances are lackluster he doesn't he's just not involved enough so that's all i've got on mr goder rhymes with yogurt kind of well that wraps up this episode of the fantasy nightcap Nate, before we rock and roll out of here, where can people find you? What are you working on and what else would you like to plug, sir? Ooh, so yeah, at Janate Jack FF on Twitter. Uh, you can find my weekly Tuesday column on In Between Media, Family Football, and this adventure we call life. Uh, I've got a Monday column that comes out with at the lateral FF on Twitter, where I write about just three things I took away from the weekend. As you know, Shane, I write intermittently, not as often as I started the season because writing dynasty every week is just pointless. Um, I've learned <laughs> I had a gra- like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to write a dynasty column every week. And it's like, there isn't enough to talk about dynasty specific every week. So um, yeah, I'm writing over at the collective work. Shane and I are working on a rookie review column. Yeah. I'm doing some work with uh, Brad bull over at NFL lab network. Um, we've got some cool stuff going on over there. He has a every couple week pod where he talks strictly Panthers um, and not fantasy. Actually, it's just like football strategy. It's pretty sweet. Nice. And then, of course, the most important thing that I do is with my wife, Jennifer Louise Paul Vogt. Um, 32 and 32 wow, fantasy football. Name. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a good thing she never listens to anything I do. Um, yeah, we do. We've got a podcast. We've got uh, our waiver wire show on YouTube came out today with uh, Dave Cruz, where he kind of gives you everything you need to know about the waiver wires. And then we talk basically start sit stuff. And it's fun and it's awesome. And I get to do that with my wife. So awesome. And that's it. That those, those, those are the few things I have going on. Right just, now. just a couple, just, just a couple. couple. Um, I love that. Love, uh, love all the work that you put out and greatly appreciate you being a part of the collective. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at FF underscore collective. That is K O L L E C T I V. The website is www.ffcollective.com. You can follow the show at Fantasy Nightcap, where you will get all of the uh, Nightcap episodes as well as collective knowledge for the audio-only version. Um, That typically comes out on Monday when I remember to post it. Uh, We're not going to talk about that. But you can also follow me on Twitter at FFShaneB. And this is the Fantasy Nightcap, where we serve you 
fantasy advice straight no chaser cheers